Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here again, these words from verse 2 and verse 3 from our Gospel reading this morning. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. It's good to come home. It's good to come home when you are welcomed. It's needed to be welcomed home with love and acceptance. I don't travel much as your pastor, but when I do travel for a youth retreat or a pastor's conference, it is good to come home. It is good to be welcomed home and to be loved. But not just when you are gone for a long time. But any day when you come home, it is good to be welcomed. And we need that. I can drive home, open the garage door, drive the car in, open the side door and go in that door through the garage. And there's my wife welcoming me home. It's nice to be welcomed home with love and acceptance. Repentance. A part of repentance is being welcomed home. Being welcomed home by Jesus with His love and His acceptance. But we'll get back to that a little bit later. Let's get back to the reading from Luke chapter 13. There's these Galileans, and as you probably are aware, animals were sacrificed. And the blood was there, and for some reason, some people were killed. And their blood gets mixed in with the blood of the sacrifice. Now we must understand that this is sacrilege. It's a catastrophe. Something horrible has happened here. And then there's this tower. Eighteen people are either in it or standing by it or something. And all of a sudden, the stones and the mortar are giving away and the building is crashing down and eighteen of them are dead just like that. And so Jesus says, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? And Jesus answers, No. No. You and I can get a sense of this in our day and age too. Perhaps, like some of you, I have received mail from St. Jude Children's Hospital. And I open it up and there's usually a picture of a young girl of approximately eight years of age. And she no longer has hair because of the chemo treatments for cancer. But she has a big smile on her face. Even though she is hooked up to an IV and 
Lord only knows what else. Her picture is there to help gather donations for this hospital that will treat these children for free. Now is that little eight-year-old girl at St. Jude's Children's Hospital a worse sinner than any other eight-year-old girl that is out playing soccer or on some swim team? And it seems that Jesus is saying no. Or what about a 10-year-old girl who was doing her homework in her room in the south side of Chicago and a stray bullet from a drive-by shooting kills her just like that? Was she a worse sinner than, say, the girl in the suburbs doing her homework in her room and she survives? No. She's not. Or the mother and her son that are coming back from baseball practice and a drunk driver crosses over the median and kills both of them. Were they worse sinners than the people who left baseball practice 15 seconds earlier? And Jesus says, no. And now, now we are ready. We are ready for Jesus to tell us why these terrible things happen to these particular people. And you know what? Jesus doesn't give us the answer. He doesn't go into the abstract here. Here's why this happens. No, instead, He turns it right on the people that are listening to Him. Right on us who are hearing or reading this passage. And he says, unless you repent, you too will also perish. Right out of the abstract why and right into our lives, unless you repent. And this perishing... I'm sure it refers to the unrepentant perishing for all of eternity. Where you have no more opportunity to be welcomed home. No more opportunity to be with Jesus. No more opportunity to experience God's love. No more hope. And that's the perishing. That is a catastrophe. That is a disaster worse than any other unless we repent. Now, when it comes to repentance, one of the most common ways of describing it or defining it is that you turn around. You make a 180 degree turn, and that works. Anything that is taking you away from Jesus, turn away from it and turn back to Him. Anything that is disrupting your relationship with God, turn around and head back to the Father. Turn around. So what might that be? More than just murder, embezzlement, or adultery? 
More likely, it's we're turning away from the things that happen each and every day in our lives. Perhaps it has something to do with money. Maybe we hold on to it too tightly. Or we don't handle it very well. Perhaps we live from paycheck to paycheck, and so we are no longer able to give. No longer able to give generously. Or no longer able to give to those in need. Or no longer able to give joyfully. If that's the case, then it is time to turn around. It's time to head back to Jesus and repentance. Or maybe it is fear. The Bible certainly says, do not fear. But we can be afraid of all sorts of things. We can be afraid of losing someone we love. We can be afraid of all sorts of crime that is going on in the world today. We can be afraid of which particular candidate is going to win the next election. We can be afraid of all sorts of things. And repentance is to turn away, to turn around and head back to Jesus. Or maybe it has something to do with lust. Maybe it has something to do with wandering away or walking away because of the things that we're watching on television or streaming on a computer or on a smartphone. Or have you noticed how difficult it is to go to a swimming pool or the beach anymore? Turn around. Yes, repentance can do that. But that is only a part of it. Once you turn around, you are headed somewhere else. And you are headed toward Jesus who will welcome you home. That's what's good in repentance is that Jesus is there. And He welcomes you with love. And He welcomes you with acceptance. And He welcomes you with forgiveness. You remember the parable of the prodigal son? It's a wonderful, wonderful example of this. We all may remember that the younger boy, the younger son, what does he do? He asks for his inheritance. And then he takes it and turns away and leaves. Now as Americans, you and I focus on how he squandered his inheritance, how he squandered all that money in wasteful living. But the prior problem, maybe even the bigger problem, was that he left home. He left home. And now in another country where you don't know the culture and the way that things work or how they're going, it's easy for someone to take your money from you. Immigrants know all about this. It's not surprising that he ends up poverty-stricken and eating nothing compared to the animals that he is feeding. But something happens. Something happens and he decides to go home. And when he comes back home, what happens? He is welcomed home. He is welcomed home with a ring, some shoes, a robe, and a celebration. 
He comes home. That's a part of repentance. Is when you are welcomed home with open arms, with love and acceptance. Repentance is coming home to Jesus. There He is, arms wide open, nail-scarred hands, welcoming you home. And that's wonderful. When He spread out His arms wide on the cross, He took everything. He took everything that you and I would have been wandering away from in the wrong direction. There on the cross is the forgiveness we need for our fear, for our lust, for our greed, or for anything else that we need to repent of. And when He rose from the dead, He created a home for us. A home for us to come home to. A home that is filled with love, forgiveness, and acceptance. Repentance. Repentance finally ends you up in the arms of Jesus. And it's good to come home. In Martin Luther's evening prayer, we say, I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. What's the first petition or next line in this prayer? What comes next? And I ask you to forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong. Right there is a daily moment of repentance. A daily drowning of the old Adam. And in that moment, you come home to Jesus. This summer in July, I will turn 53. I figure I've got a little less than half of my life left. But it could be 98% over. Cancer cells could be growing in my body. A stray bullet could hit me one day in the near future. A plane that I fly home on could crash. That's why every day, every day is a day for repentance. Every day is a day to come home to Jesus. Think of it this way. When you go on a trip in a car and you use your GPS, when you miss a turn and you know, you know what that GPS says? Turn around when possible. Right? Turn around when possible. With Jesus, you can always turn around and be welcomed by Him. He welcomes you with that love and acceptance and forgiveness. Every day is a good day for repentance. Every day is a good day to be welcomed home. To God alone be all the glory. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, 
Guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.